Welcome to Living Southern Oregon, a podcast dedicated to discovering and exploring all Southern Oregon has to offer. I'm your host, Simona Fino, and I will be introducing you to the people who live here, the things they love, and what makes Southern Oregon a magical place to call home. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Living Southern Oregon. Today, I have with me Zoe Allowen Kauth. She is an artist, healer, and community builder. She's the creator of Paint, Dance, Sing workshops, as well as Grandma Zoe's FaceTime Playtime. She's the co-creator and facilitator of Time for Tribe trainings, and she's a co-author, along with Bill Kauth, of the book We Need Each Other. Zoe is also a certified soul collage facilitator. She moved here from Nevada City and has been in Oregon since 2006. Welcome, Zoe. So glad to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here. Excellent. Well, I always love to start things off by hearing about your trajectory here. So you came from Nevada City, California, Sierra area. And how did you choose Southern Oregon? Well, it kind of chose me because I um, was single at the time, and I had just done a workshop called Healing the Father Wound and Healing the Mother Wound with Gordon Clay, and I had developed some amazing friends out of that workshop. And one of them invited me to go to Burning Man, and I had never been to even a festival or I had no idea way to start (laughs) I know way to start so I said sure I'll go with you because friends had told me oh Zoe you're an artist you're gonna love what they do at Burning Man and so I was I was up for it I was I said yes I was back in Connecticut my daughter had just graduated from got her master's degree in Smith and so it was the next day I got this call. I said, I'm coming. I was rather surprised to experience the number of people there. Yeah. I had what no year? idea. This was 2005. Okay. Yeah. But out of that whole amazing mess, I met Bill Kelf. I met <laughs> Bill. All right. And we ended up just feeding people on the playa after the burn together at the, the place where we were both in the same, I was in this camp, Deep Heaven. And just, we did s'mores. We just made s'mores for hours and fed people as they stumbled around in the darkness. <laughs> and, and we had, I think I was trying to get him to help me promote a sculpture because I had, I was doing bronze sculptures at the time. Mm. And I just did an installation in down near Roseville for a school. So I was all gung-ho for making installations and was going to make one for the project that he was involved with. As one of the founders of the Mankind Project, I thought maybe he'd have some clout for a center or something, having a sculpture. But we just got into the most interesting conversation, and then he just up and left. And so it wasn't until a few weeks later I ran into him again. And we basically, after taking it slow, decided that I should come up to Ashland, and we decided that we were going to be in relationship. So is that where he was from? That's where he okay. lived. And there was no question in his mind that there were, he was going to live any place except Ashland. Very committed to this place. So that's why I came up here several times, took a look at it and went, yeah, I could live here. 
And I've, I, I've just met amazing, wonderful people here. And it's just a very rich um, dive living in Ashland and getting mm -hmm. to know people and participating and finding that things that are dear to my heart are things that other people want to learn about more as well. So that's how I came here. All right. I, I love that. That up. is a wonderful story. Yep. <laughs> so you've been here now since 2006. Right. And you, it sounds like you found community and you found people that you resonate with. Well, that we did. We did find a lot of people and certainly Bill had a lot of friends and we reached out, but uh, there was a passion for doing more than just having some friends, getting mm -hmm. to know friends. I was very drawn immediately to Briscoe Art Wing. And so the old Briscoe School, which was no longer having uh, children there, had been rented out by the city to artists who were contributing time to teaching art in the schools. And I had been a museum children's art director for 14 years previous. So that was my, my work was mm -hmm. teaching art to kids, all the kids of Nevada County who could come to the library for their Saturday morning children's art class that was free as long as they had an adult. And I did that for 14 years, found a schedule of different artists that would contribute each week, a different offering and we distributed those to the schools. We, we won several awards for that wonderful program. So to find out that there was work to be done with kids in the school in Ashland was a natural fit. So I moved into the Briscoe Art Wing, and I think my studio mate was Inger, Inger Jorgensen, who's now okay. who's an artist and a singer. I just would participate teaching all sorts of things, different schools, and did that for many years, as well as the Midsummer Night's Dream, which was a big fundraiser. Mm. So that that's one way in which I definitely participated with the kids and with the teachers for a number of years in Ashland, using my skill mm -hmm. as a artist. And a, my background is in child psychology, art, and education. So that's has been mm. my academic focus. Mm -hmm. That also led to lots of community that was centered around the Briscoe Art Wing. Mm -hmm. But there was this interest that we both had in creating something more dynamic with a community of men and women who would grow together and be confidants and and be there for each other over the years, even though it wasn't going to be a non-residential community, we would still create a community where we'd meet once a week and where we'd get together socially much more often than that. And we developed a, a way of bringing people together and a training that they would go through to get on the same page about the values. We had a set of values. We set some agreements and that's what we used those five separate times, like I guess it was five weeks to go through that process and see if it was a fit. And then there was a temporary time to see if 
that was working for everybody. And if that didn't work out after that time, people would say, okay, I, I really love this, but it's not for me. And so we'd had some people leave and then they, we would leave with some ceremony. And that's where I stepped in. I stepped in with ceremony and art and making things beautiful and bringing awesome music because I've been a threshold choir director in Nevada City mm -hmm. as well. So I knew the power of song to really bring people together. Somewhere along the line, I just was fascinated by painting and dancing and singing, making music together and doing art together. So the arts has been a big thing for me. It's been my my gift to the world, my direction. And that's what we worked on with the special focus of we saw that it was a ripe time for men and women to come together in respectful relationship so that they could sit in circle together. And that worked out really beautifully. And we also would travel around the world, literally, Australia, New Zealand, <laughs> France, Europe, and give our new tribe trainings, Bill and I together, oh. and present this in different cultures with different translators. It's kind of fun to work with a translator because you could kind of think what you're going to say, gauge your audience, and make some kind of joke that they were going to all get. <laughs> Hopefully if it's translated well. Yes, hopefully it was translated well, but they laughed at the right place. So I felt go. like so I was knew. doing it right. I was doing it right. So that was, um, you know, we, we went all across the country doing this as well. But our focus was on building community locally mm -hmm. and nourishing that with a very specific focus. So I could go into a lot of detail about that, but it cre it has created tremendous contributions that those people have made back to their to their to their profession or to refine knowing what they want to do and supporting each other it has been quite magical and wonderful and that all got a little muddled when covid came along yeah big challenge then we, and that was 8 years into it so, oh wow so we so went so it was pretty years. strong. Oh, you know, very yeah. strong, and it's still and how going. many? How many people? Well, it was it was twenty people to start with, and then I think one person said, "I'm going to back. I'm going to step out." So we had nineteen for a long time, and it just got kind of complicated. So I'm usually somebody that can just sell this. I can sell this project, you know, because <laughs> I was so inspired by it, so deeply inspired by it, and I still am. But I, I think it's a hard thing to duplicate. And we were able to, for people, expecting people to be able to replicate it. So we also did online mm. workshops and put people through courses once COVID came along to reach more people. As well, we had people in Northern California, in Asheville, even somebody up in Norway, and Belgium had very strong tribe communities. And I think after a number of years, I don't think any of them are still steady, except the one in maybe in Norway is 
Where in Norway? I'm so curious. I'm not sure. Okay. I can't remember. Okay. I, my sister it's lives in Norway, so I was just curious. It's so. a Scandinavian country, and it was a co-housing community to start with, ah, okay. of a lot of young people. They've really made good use of it. And I, yeah, and I could be getting the country right wrong. It could be Iceland. I'm not sure. I should have checked. But the point is, it was hard to, it was hard to replicate, and people needed a lot of coaching in order to get through those five trainings and and get everybody on the same page we thought it was going to be uh, something that would spread really easy but it it needed a certain kind of charismatic leader i think to establish it and we didn't stay being the leaders the whole idea was we were a leader until the group was strong enough to de-roll our leadership yeah and that is something we may have done a little bit differently now but it uh, has been a beautiful blessing to be a part of it, and it's also been really hard to have um, some parts of it change in a way that there wasn't, it wasn't easily able to handle different points of view about how to respond to mandatory vaccinations mm -hmm. or COVID itself. So that's been a little complicated, and I'm still kind of, you know, reeling from that. I'm taking a sabbatical right now to let people just get this, the tribe strong in their own way without having the leaders be kind of looking over mm -hmm. their shoulders. And But I'm so blessed, feel so blessed and so lucky to have been able to participate in it. And we're just taking some time now to think of, well, maybe that wasn't exactly what we the end all because we've been through so many steps to even get there and so we're letting something percolate and see what the next thing might be but it started we started with charles eisenstein coming to our area and then having him out at buckhorn springs that was an, a memorable event out of which we started doing a gift circle so people would come for the gift circle once a month and they would say what they needed and what they would like to give and people would take notes and we'd sit here and go around the circle and then people would follow through someone said i need my windows washed i just can't do it i just cannot do all those windows so everybody one time just said okay we're going to have a window washing weekend and we went around and washed everybody's windows <laughs> and getting in firewood, different things, so uh -huh. that a lot of that exchange happened. Or simple things like, not so simple, I need a van because my in-laws are coming and I don't have a car to drive them around in. And somebody said, you can use my van. That was a stepping stone to creating this flow of the gift. Mm -hmm. And the flow of the gift is what I think is becoming encroached upon in these times because we were living so far from our family of origin or from even from friends that were very dear. So being able to reach out and make new friends and then circulate the gift, mm -hmm. circulate our, I think some of the qualities that make generosity, honoring each other, that make it worth living, those kind of quiet qualities 
We also start a whole bunch of gift <laughs> circles in other places. So those are ideas and things that we have generated pretty extensively and very different people. Some who are running for political office, we help them get their election going and other people that were doing a business, they got support from us for that. And I mean, not just us personally, but from the whole group. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's still going. It's just changed in our relationship to it right now because we had a little hiccup. Yep, it was a pretty big hiccup for a lot of people. <laughs> it, was. it was. It was such a not fun hiccup. Yeah. No, it was not. And so was was the gifting, the gift circle, that something that was kind of the, the beginning framework? Or was there already... That was, that was a beginning framework. And then we had a Wednesday group that would meet every Wednesday. But it was working uh, with that this idea that men... Because Bill was in a lot of men's circles because he started the Mankind Project, which is a pretty well-known organization in the world. So we we wanted to bring men and women together because we both did this training, Healing the Father Wound, Healing the Mother Wound, uh, many years ago back in uh, at Harbin with Gordon Clay. And it was so inspirational, the level of friendship level of closeness that people mm. had after that and the level of respect that men and women could understand not just a woman having this feminine energy but their own feminine energy and their own masculine energy and it, it just brought a lot of new possibilities to the conversation so one of our agreements was that the men and women in our circle if they were going to change their sexual relationship with anybody in the group, they would let the group know, which did happen mm -hmm. several times. Some people brought it forward. It was discussed. It was an ending of a relationship, actually. And we were, one, able to give a lot of support, and two, everybody knew it was happening, so it kept it, it, kept it clean. Mm -hmm. And, yes, all the men in that group and the women are so respectful and loving of each other and close. It's like having all these brothers. It's like, <laughs> well, yes, we've got all these brothers and sisters. So uh, that's pretty pretty ju juicy and exciting mm -hmm. and something that a lot of people don't have the experience of. Yeah. No, I think you're right about that. A lot of people are very much in their own worlds and without having family around, it's they're more isolated. And COVID yeah. only enhanced that unfortunately it, it has it has yeah. yeah so that's been something i i see my my son who lives in brooklyn new york and that has been just challenging to begin with like okay one friend that is the friends that bring everybody together they move out of state and so they're like, oh my gosh who's gonna take that post on you know mm -hmm. of being the gatherer it's got even more lonely with the advent of years of COVID. Well, I'm curious though. So then the book that you wrote, We mm -hmm. Need Each Other, mm -hmm. was this something, is this meant to be used as a framework for people who want to set up or do something similar or kind of give, yes, know, tell me more it's, of your, it's, it's your, a how-to book. It is. Okay. It's a how-to book. <laughs> It's talking about our experiences and what we arrived at that make something coherent to come together and the agreements 
and adding the ritual to it made a lot of difference so that people also had a sponsor. They had someone that said, my friend would like to be a part of this group is interested and I want to be, I'm going to sponsor them. So there was a way of sponsoring them in and kind of shepherding them through the process and uh, vouching for them. Mm-hmm. So that was also part of it. So yeah, it's a how-to book and uh, it's been translated into a couple other languages. I know it's been translated into French and the Belgian group worked with it for a long time. So it's interesting to see other other cultures adapt to it. Uh-huh. And, and is there just one group in Ashland at the moment? Or I'm curious if that spawned other groups. It, it didn't spawn other groups. I know there's other communities in Ashland, mm-hmm. people that gather together. But that is something that, though everybody maintained their, their friends, it's not like they said, well, can't be friends with my friends oh, anymore. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. like that. It was more like there was this an additional cohesion. Mm-hmm. But there, we didn't start a separate group because we were part of that group. Got it. Okay. You know, and very committed. And there's it takes there's time involved. As oh yes. Well. <laughs> so, but it's been interesting to watch such a range of people get so much benefit out of it. So I, I'm 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 just looking for the right way to move with it into the next iteration and just taking some time. And moving from that place where I have the answer, mm-hmm. I have this answer, this great answer to, I don't really know right now. I don't know. Because yeah. we have a conflict transformation process. And in this case, it just, it, it didn't, it didn't completely work for everybody. So there's a big, I don't know there about why, why did it go this direction? How did it move that way? Mm-hmm. I think it's a good thing to be able to return to beginner's mind and go, okay, we did this great thing for 15 years of activity, and now we don't really know what's next. We have a hint, but we don't really know yet what's next. And that's the birth, right? And that's that's the beginning of the birth. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. You don't know what's going to come of it, but you know something is out there on the horizon. So that's exciting to think about. I do think that that has been a big contribution and a and also all those things like the threshold choir i don't know if people know about the threshold choir but it's uh, people singing for people at bedside and at their passing so i had mm. done that i've been the director in nevada city for this threshold choir and done a lot of singing round singing at bedside and it was already going pretty st- very strongly up here in Jackson County. So I didn't feel like I needed to jump in and do that. But I contribute a lot of that to the tribe work, where we bring in songs. Somebody got, and that people have become very ill. They've gotten cancer, and they've had to go away to get major surgery. And we've sung for them and held ceremony for them. That's been something so important for them they would say without your support I don't know how I get through this Mm -hmm. so those are things that have come out of that that's beautiful yeah and now I've I've heard of the singing at bedside but I just didn't know that it had a name that there was a particular group is that nationally yeah that was start by started by Kate Munger who lives down in northern California and she started that and has codified it and spread it and 
many, many, many members. Yeah. And beautiful, beautiful songs. Many members have written songs. A lot of songs are things that Dalai Lama may have said, put to song, or Thich Nhat Hanh, or Walt Whitman, or mm-hmm. and just put into a, a round, and so that when you sing it together, they harmonize. Yeah. Very simple things. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. And so you're not doing that here, but you've brought the song and, and ritual and that piece of things to the communities. Uh-huh. But it also sounds like you've done singing I, with the, what was it, paint, paint, oh, dance, paint sing. dance, sing. Yeah. Right? So you, yeah. you're definitely blending all of these. I do. <laughs> yes, because there's, um, I, I think as an artist, people get so caught up on trying to make things look right, whatever right was to your third grade teacher that told you, that's the wrong color, Billy. <laughs> so I'm, I've been focused for so many years on looking at what a child is interested in. They usually have a t-shirt with it on right there. Dinosaurs. Okay, let's make dinosaurs. Well, the same thing applies to adults. Adults, m- many of them are terrified to do an authentic painting that's just going to be messy (laughs) and you're not going to show it to anybody so that gives you freedom to do whatever you want so it's like process painting Mm -hmm. so this workshop paint dancing is bringing that painting together where people have these large easels huge pieces of paper and like 40 colors to choose from and they just take big brush brushfuls of paint and go over and start painting a line and then f- keep go following the thread mm-hmm. where does it lead them where does it go where does it show them and if they stay with it and that part of that workshop also involved authentic movement where people would just let movement move from inside like oh I'm, i want to just move my my head or I want to move my arm and pretty soon they're dancing but it's an authentic movement unique to them mm-hmm. it's not like they're learning a dance right and then with the song this is this is usually the scariest thing for people I <laughs> can say, imagine okay I say everybody <laughs> we're gonna go around and I'll demonstrate and then just make up a song just let it come to you or sing a song you know mm-hmm and nobody's going to judge you and just sing from your heart a song is so powerful and i actually i had a dream recently that a friend of mine who's very deeply engaged in politics called me on the phone in my dream mm-hmm. and he says what are we going to do if if there's huge trouble that erupts from the election things get out of hand mm-hmm. And people are really upset. And I go, everybody needs to sing. (laughs) (laughs) And that's probably really good advice. We should all take that. We need to sing, Uh, you know, mm -hmm. just sing together. Mm -hmm. I was telling a friend of mine who was doing a a ride, AIDS Life Cycle, where you ride 580 miles, or I forget how many it is. And there was a downhill section that was particularly scary because it was, it's eight miles of downhill. And she was really nervous. I said, I sang the whole way. I highly recommend just singing. Yes. It's just this joyous. And you do. You stop thinking. It's hard to think <laughs> and worry mm-hmm. the, at, at the same time as singing. So it was a good way of 
Just being in the moment, getting yourself in the And moment. you'd have to worry about the trees hearing oh, you yeah, no on the road. <laughs> <'Cause they're> no. <laughs> just, ah! Not even people pan <laughs> passing you, you know. <laughs> I think <laughs> that woman back there was singing. <laughs> yes, by the time they figure that out, you're already gone. <laughs> so it's perfect. No one yeah. to judge. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's always the the fear, right, of being judged or even judging ourselves. I, it's the big that's one is judging ourselves. <laughs> Yeah. Is that inner critic, which is usually that inner child that just wants to get it right or has some story that they have to do it a certain way. Mm -hmm. So this gives them permission to discover that it's okay to make mistakes. There are no mistakes in this. Mm -hmm. It's just follow it. So that paint dancing is a workshop that I do periodically. I just did one a few weeks ago. And, and if people want to find out more about where to to sign up for something like that, oh. or do you do them just kind of sporadically, or how does that yes, work? Yes, I, I do them. It's uh, affected by space. My studio is doesn't have as much airflow as I would like, though it's big enough. I can have six people in there, seven people, which is a good number. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, I um, it's just a matter of... We're in the holiday season now. I'll probably start again in January, uh, January, February. I always do a paint dancing workshop. Okay. And that'll be coming up. I'm sure I'll be doing one in January or February. And they can just find me by contacting me at zoealawan.com. Okay, perfect. Which is also my website. And then you also have, I was looking at the, oh, the Grandma Zoe's FaceTime Playtime. Well, yes. So is that still something that you're doing or what? Tell me about that. The FaceTime Playtime is interesting. Well, that, was, that? was a challenge for a lot of grandparents who couldn't go see their grandchildren mm -hmm. and couldn't connect with them. I've had a very rich conversation that's been ongoing since my granddaughter, Benny, was like very little, and she lives in New York. And so I developed a way of playing with her using all my child psychology background of play therapy, because I find that they will tell a puppet, they will tell a animal exactly what's going on with them, whereas they might not have that discussion with me personally. Mm -hmm. It was rich. It was it, it just an incredibly deep experience. And I saw a lot of people suffering because they didn't know how to relate. So I opened it up to be a online course. And I wrote pages and pages of theory with each one of the modules, which it turned out at the end, because most of the people were older, they never found their way to the module section. <laughs> They love the course. So, you know, I had one man who was a Sikh and he as a doctor in California. He was taking the course and he had his grandchildren far away. So he got a whole bunch of toys. He got a whole bunch of puppets, some monkeys and some other thing. And when he got on the call with his granddaughter, he had the monkey and he was just operating the monkey inside the, the puppet. And she said, Grandpa, would you get off the screen? Just let Monkey be on there. 
And so he went, okay. So he moved his face over and she goes, monkey, monkey, listen to me. <laughs> monkey turns and he goes, jump on grandpa's head. Jump on grandpa's head right now. <laughs> and so he had to move his head back and the monkey jumped on grandpa's head. And they literally had the longest conversation they had ever had. Wow. As they got to do that over again and talk about how funny that was and, and what else could monkey do. And so it was getting the adults to lighten up. Mm -hmm. And not that they had to stage a whole show for the kids. It's find out what the kids is interested in and then go with it. Mm -hmm. Support it. So that's what I did with um, the Grandma Zoe's FaceTime Playtime. I had a surprisingly uh, number of aunties and uncles who are never going to have children. They said, we are never going to have children. And I really want to be close with my nieces and nephews. So we had young people. We had older people. We had people that were facing a divorce of their children, and so they didn't know if they're going to be allowed or able to play with their or be with their children easily, their grandchildren anymore, and just navigating this way to sustain a, a FaceTime mm -hmm. relationship. Which makes so much sense because when you think about it, if you've ever tried to communicate with a child on <laughs> it's 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 pretty minimal usually what what they share or feel like talking about yeah because it's yeah oh there's it a is. world there mm -hmm. yeah the first time that my son he he and his wife are both fully employed he's an architect he's a developer real estate developer and they're working from home with two little kids no nanny because of covid and so he calls me he says mom will you please take Benny. So we had the most wonderful two-hour event. <laughs> well, he got some work done. He That's just impressive. made it to get out some mm -hmm. emails. Yeah. And so I knew he was there, so I could kind of toss things back and forth with him. Yeah, some real magic happened on that day out of sheer necessity. Mm -hmm. That's so. impressive. <laughs> yeah. So I think I just got discouraged by all the tech, having to do all the tech stuff myself. I'm not very good at the tech stuff. And then I've worked at creating all those modules. And then <laughs> the last day, I'm doing it from New York City, the last class. And <laughs> they all they say, how do we get to those things you call a module? <laughs> I just went... <laughs> Okay. Uh, well, you found what the important part was. I in, did. In a way, right? I did you... find the important part. And so to do it again without the modules would be much Easy easier. breezy. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that was a way I was able to reach out and develop mm -hmm. some skills that I could share with other people. That's wonderful. Yeah. I love yeah. that. I love it. Well, now that you've uh, been in Southern Oregon for a while... Tell me kind of some of the things that you love about being here. I mean, coming from Nevada City, I can see how there's some similarities. I've been yeah. in Nevada City, especially Nevada yeah. City and Ashland. But what do you appreciate about being here now that you're here? Well, there's lots of beautiful places that I love. There's been some wineries that I've had several art shows at. Mm. A, and Pascal has been so good to me. I've had several art shows mm. there. 
and it for a long for a while we would go there and have a dinner and wine that is a i just love that place there's several wineries like that that Danson is also a lovely place but it's hard to get a table that is empty enough that you can just sit at and paint because i like to paint mm. when i go to the wineries too i certainly love all of the nature in lithia park yeah, especially and this time the of Japanese year. Uh, garden. Now the new Japanese garden. I haven't been through it yet. Oh, it's a, it? it's it's a I've... treasure. There was a lot of discussion about that before it was built, and I know some people that were adamantly opposed, and now they're seeing a lot of its praises because they they look at this gem that mm-hmm. people are coming to to get nourished by this walkthrough. Or you can sit down and spend three hours there like I do. (laughs) So that's a lovely place. And, of course, Grizzly Peak. I love hiking on Grizzly Peak. I love the people here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's it's a place I feel absolutely at home in. I've sometimes thought it would be fun to just go down with my ukulele and busk on the street just for the fun of it on first Friday. I haven't had the nerve to do that yet. <laughs> oh, that would be fun. It would be. First just, Fridays are pretty vibrant. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Just to kind of uh, reach out to people. And I know we have, we certainly navigate the peril of fire, mm-hmm. which I... I think this was a remarkable summer. We had very little smoke comparatively. Mm-hmm. And whatever some of the fire measures that people have been working on, I think have made a big difference. And also just the way the fire department just jumps on the fire. Yeah. That's just stellar. Yeah. The way they do that. So anyway, I think we're learning to navigate that and clean up our our homes in an area so that they can be as fire resistant as possible. Mm-hmm. But I love this place. I love the Four Seasons. It reminds me of Ohio, kind of where I grew up. It also reminds me of the farms. I don't have to go too far to go out to the Applegate to be with the farms that I spent my summers on mm-hmm. in Iowa with my grandparents. So there's a lot of richness and the act of that culture and music, arts. It's a very wonderful environment. I agree. Precious. I'm very happy to have landed here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing all of that. I appreciate it. And if you think of anything else, I don't know if there's anything else that you want to share about just your time here and your contribution to this area or things that you love before we... Well, I think there's a way that I am just fascinated by beauty and by not just external beauty, but the beauty of the human spirit and the things that foster making life worth living, like deep trust, deep respect, deep honor. And when we did listened to people share what was most important to them when we were trying to build, when we were building community. We looked at some surveys that showed the things that people, no matter what their income level was, no matter if they were multimillionaires, 
what was most important to them were their friends. Now, I don't know if that's going to be the same for people today, if that test gets conducted another 20 years or something. But for this group of people who are in their uh, 70s, 80s, and 90s, friendship was the most important thing. It wasn't how much money they made. It was friends. Mm -hmm. It was love. So that's why beauty for me isn't, I'm inspired by that, that presence, that attention to it. It's disarming to me. When I see something that's really beautiful, I'm just like, there's a power in it that just strikes me so deep. And I want other people to have uh, that experience of knowing themselves as artists. Because I think everybody is an artist. Mm. Yes. It's just a matter of finding finding it within yourself to express it. Yep. Finding the medium. Mm -hmm. And you and not... are an artist <laughs> with your podcast. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know, I don't think of it as an art at times, but it, I guess it is. Yeah. 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 yeah no, I, I love... Uh, I love the connections that I make doing this podcast and the people that I've been meeting. And like I was telling you kind of before we got started, just being able to also connect people. I meet somebody and think, oh, they have to meet so-and-so, which is why I do the podcast party is so that everybody can get together and connect because I think that is a beautiful thing. Because when that happens, Ooh. those connections and oftentimes friendships yeah. are... are born of those and that's again where i think beauty and joy lie and community beauty. so there you mm -hmm. go when you're doing your party podcast party that's mm -hmm. podcast community yep absolutely it's very important well thank you you're I really very welcome appreciate you I, I, being available and and let it, <laughs> our snafu today of <laughs> the meetup spot i'm so glad that we persevered and made it through and we did yeah so thank you i really appreciate it well, I appreciate you, and I hope this some value for people in hearing about this. Absolutely. All right, everyone. Well, we will be back again next week with another episode. This podcast is produced by Simona Fino and co-produced by James Dedakis and Jaded Media. Original music by Samuel Lawrence.